August 2nd, 2021, and this is the second lecture of the next century of the Freiburg New Church Assembly. And I'm going to start with some of the red words from the Bible, from Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asks receives, and those that seek find, and to they who knock it shall be opened. For what person is there of you who, if their children ask for a loaf, will give them a stone? Or if they shall ask for a fish, will give them a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? And I'd like to also start with a passage from True Christian Religion from 226. It refers to this passage. It says, without doctrine, one might believe that each will receive what they ask for. But we know from doctrine that whatever a person asks from the Lord, that is granted. For this too is what the Lord teaches. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. John 15, 7. I find that the most important part of that phrase is whatever a person asks from the Lord. So let's dwell with that for a moment. What does it mean to ask or seek or knock from the Lord? Do you have any thoughts on that? What does it mean from the Lord? And it, much of what Kent spoke about earlier has to do with that. It's where that little ball resides. Is it next to you? Is it within you forming beautiful patterns? When we speak from the Lord, you would think, well, perhaps that has to have some love in it. What else does it have to have in it? If you're speaking from the Lord in you. Truth. Truth. Very good. Wisdom. I think it's creativity. Very nice. And I was going to say that um, based on Ken's lecture, I really do feel like it has to have life in it. Life. Each one of our lives are the Lord lived through us. Lord living through us. So what, when we talk about asking, seeking, and knocking from the Lord, it's not our ego. It's not our selfishness. Does that make sense? When we are asking, seeking, and knocking from the Lord, it has love, truth, wisdom, creativity, and life in it. Okay, so just absorb those words for a minute and just feel yourself in what you do, in how you proceed in life, what it feels like if we do it from the Lord within us. Just pause there a minute while I flip the chalkboard. So today I want to focus on ask, seek, and knock, which interestingly, as I was doing the opening weekend program, corresponds very nicely with the, what are called the intelligence centers. We ask from our hearts. 
That's our, our longing, our desires, and it comes from our hearts. We seek with our minds, and knocking is our actions. Isn't it interesting how everything works so nicely in threes? I, help, I, I appreciate the pattern of that, and that it is showing us that within us, we have these three intelligence centers, and they all need to act in concert with one another, but also in a way that it, it lifts us up. Asking needs to come first. The heart needs to come first. And then we activate our minds based on what our heart is, is telling us we want. And what our minds do is they find a way to do what it is that we desire. They find a way to act. Anything, anybody know any other Swedenborgian terms that come in threes? Well, yeah, and that's exactly what this is. Love, use, love and wisdom and use. Also, you might want to think of it as, um, I just wrote it in my, I wrote it in my head, but it didn't stay there. Okay, there it is. That, well, what are we doing when we're asking from our hearts, from the Lord? A lot of times it means looking within to find out, is what we're asking for from our ego? Is it selfish or is it truly from the Lord? And when we find that it's not, we repent. That this stage is related to our heart and our heart finding what our desires are and our, our impetus is. And is it from the Lord? That's what the quote from TCR is so important about because now everybody doesn't get what they want if it's from the ego and from selfish desires. So here's our repentance because our heart is recognizing that we need to work on what we're asking for. Well, when we're seeking, this is the stage of reformation because we're asking the Lord to direct us and we need help to do that. We need help to know, well, what, where should I look for knowledge? Where should I find the information I seek and, and where do I go? And the Lord works with us to help us to reform. And when we finally get to the point where we've found the door that we want to open, we need to take action, go through the door, lead a good life. And this is the stage of regeneration. Now, do we just do that once and we're done? No, this is much like the shampoo bottle. This is lather, rinse and repeat. So it's important to recognize that this phrase that Jesus said is not just about getting what we want in life. It's getting what is good for us, what is wise for us, and what will be useful to others. And that was, I was glad that Kent brought up the phrase of bodhisattva, which means that this is someone who is seeking higher knowledge so that he can then help others or so that she can then help others and lift them up. And that's where you get to the repeat part. You just keep repeating it for yourself, you repeat it for others. Now, I thought, okay, how am I going to have a story to ground this? Um, I mean, I love the pattern of the threes, it just makes so much sense to me, but we need to see, well, how does that work in life? Well, so I was given an opportunity to see how that works last night at dinner. So last night at dinner, I was last in line or close to the end. And I, there was plenty of pizza, no problem. I got one beet and one olive. 
And I thought, well, next time I got to go first. I got to go closer to the front of the line so I can get more for me. And then, you know, I thought, well, that's kind of selfish. And I said, well, no, I have to eat healthy. I need more vegetables. So I rationalized why I should go first. Now that's the ego telling us that, yes, my heart wanted more olives and beets. My mind is telling me when I look at it from a selfish perspective that, well, I need more vegetables. So that's entirely appropriate. So that's what our selfish desires do. They rationalize themselves. Have you ever noticed that? When you want something for yourself and you realize you're maybe putting yourself ahead of others, your mind tells you why that's okay. And that's a hard cycle to get out of. When the ego is in charge, the heart wants what it wants. The mind figures out why, hey, that's okay. I don't need to worry about other people. And we do it again and again and again. So that's a cycle that we need to step back from. So when I thought about it again and I thought, well, I can live on one, beet, one olive and a piece of pizza. I'm not gonna die if I don't get more vegetables. So there's a part of me that realized that that was an unrealistic place to be coming from. It wasn't from the Lord, it was from me and my own desires. So what I wanna say to us about these, this sequence is when we let go of the ego driving our heart and our desires, we're actually preparing ourselves to truly seek what will be useful to the Lord within us desiring. And then when we are transformed, we seek what the Lord wants for us in our minds. And when we are working, and this is, I like to talk about, this is the stage where the Lord is holding the back of your bicycle. He's holding on, you're not falling down, but you've got to keep pedaling. There is no way you're going to get anywhere unless you do the pedaling, but the Lord will hold you up and the Lord will help direct you to where you need to go. This is the stage where you, somebody says, we need more milk. You get on the bike and you drive away. You don't even think about needing any help with the bicycle. So this is where we want to get to is being able to transform ourselves from, from ourselves to being and acting and thinking and feeling from the Lord. Now, um, when we seek about how the Lord is reforming us, we're looking for information, we're looking for life experience, we're looking for new perspectives, and we're looking to find new good desires that are from the Lord. And in the example of dinner, that um, maybe I could be first once in a while, I could take turns being first with other people, and I could take turns at the end of the line. And when you have new good desires, you come to understand new true ideas, which is we're all important. We all need to eat. And probably I'm not the only one who likes beets and olives. So this is a, a good new awareness. But the key to asking from the Lord, seeking from the Lord is then knocking and the door shall be open. Do we know what door to knock on? Do we need the Lord's help to figure that out? Yeah. So we need the Lord to change our desires to being good and true and wise and loving. We need to ask the Lord to guide our minds to find the door to knock on. Otherwise, we don't know. Now, I want to say something about knocking on doors, knocking on doors of opportunity. 
doors for opportunity of use and service. Now, isn't this the question all young people are asking? What should I do with my life? Where should I knock? Where should I find what's going to fit my heart's desires and my understanding in my mind? Well, I'm gonna talk about a little lady here called Regular Joanne. You know, you've heard of the regular Joes. So this is reg Regular Joanne. Now, Joanne wants to ask for good for herself and others. And a lovely piece of the phrase, love one another as I have loved you. The little phrase as, and I'm gonna talk more about this later in the week, but it means both in the same manner, but also at the same time. So if we can find something that we love, we knock on that door, we find that love, and then we can find that love and how it can be useful for ourselves and others. Now, I wanna give another example. Kent played guitar this morning for sing-along. I got to play my drum, and then I got to play the tambourine. I got to do what was fun for me while he was doing what was fun for him, and everybody had a good time singing. So there's a both and about finding and knocking on the door where others are. It's not just our own door. It's the door to community where we feel at home and we get to express our love and our understanding and share that with them. So regular Joanne, what should she ask for today? What's something that, that we ask for in life that from the Lord or not? Anybody got an example for us? Anybody want anything? Friends, okay. So let's say regular Joanne is asking for friends. So she has to do a little thinking, a little heartfelt reflection on why. So if that heart wants friends to, because you're selling Amway and you wanna meet a lot of people so you can sell them stuff, <laughs> that's a motivation that is not from the Lord. If you want friends because you want to love other people and be in community and do fun stuff, you are doing the loving as, you're loving both you and them in that heartfelt desire. So how do we go seeking friends? Well, we all meet people. You gotta meet people before. I love that, that uh, phrase that um, friends are, our strangers are friends we haven't met yet. And that people, we go out to meet people, you know, we seek the Lord's help to say, well, where could I find some people who are like me? And where could I find people who we could have an interesting conversation with? And, and where should I go? And this reforming, this is the, um, let me just separate it for a minute. This is the trial and error period. And we keep trying until we find a door that works and we find the people in it that we want to be friends with. And then all of a sudden we've got community. And I'm going to put commune because it fits and that's where I grew up. So we can see that the reformation is period in our lives is a period of seeking. It's a period of learning new things. It's a period of, of, trying to interact and understand other people so that we can form the communities where we're all going to have that both and experience of we're all sharing our love and it's helping everyone. So regular Joanne wanted to meet, go have some friends, came to camp, met some people, and now we're here living in community for two weeks. 
I've been coming 30 years, and this is why I do it. More than the theology and the understanding of, of Swedenborg's writings, which I love, but to be with all of you. And living communally is giving us a taste of heaven. Heavenly community is when people of like-mindedness and like-heartedness gather together and do and say and speak and sing what they love and everyone is served. So to open our hearts, when we ask, how do we learn to open our hearts? Does anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah, practice, Carol? conscious contact with God but by doing that I did mm-hmm. so it was maybe it's in helping someone else or just having right. someone else's needs coming before mm-hmm. ours instinctively yeah asking for ourselves and others is what opens our hearts if we ask just for ourselves our hearts are not as open as they could be and a lot of what opens our hearts is the grace of experiences like that that you don't plan it you just go in with an open heart or or a, a, a willingness to have an open heart and you listen to another and you realize, well, we both need to ask for something here. And we're asking from the Lord to change our hearts. And that's something um, I named my second daughter, Grace, because it's a term that I don't quite exactly understand, but I know it's powerful. And I felt, and I felt that, that I needed more grace in my life. <laughs> but the idea that the Lord comes to us and opens our heart with unexpected experiences of grace. And once our hearts are open, then we seek with an open mind. Now an open mind is going to see illuminations of truth. Have you had any experiences where all of a sudden you understand? Voila, it's an aha moment. You understand something deeper than you ever did before. And from that, Frequently, it drives where to go knock. What door are we knocking on? And important to me is to realize that whole repetition part of lather, rinse, and repeat is that when we get here, there's going to be another aspect of our lives that we're going to need to continue this cycle in. Because this this knocking, and I want to put the intention, is you have the willingness and then you have the illumination, and then you have the energy. The energy to do 
to do good for others, to bring truth into the world, that these all come from knocking on a door that is probably and just waiting for you to come to. But we don't often remember to go there. So I guess I want to just sum this up with that we are on a spiritual journey that is a repetition of repentance, reformation, and regeneration. We don't, we don't become entirely regenerated in all aspects of our lives. We might have aspects of our lives that we've been resisting repentance for a long time. And that is something to think about that, you know, we all want to think we're on a spiritual journey and we're getting somewhere, but we might be getting somewhere in one aspect and totally behind in another. And this is the process of life. And, you know, when we, when we are learning something, we need to do it over and over again. And I'm reminded of the experience because with children, we know this, they need to repeat lessons until they get them. Um, and when we were first in the, involved in the Portland church, um, my son who was four at the time bit the minister's daughter. <laughs> and he came up to me and he said, don't you teach that child not to bite? And I said, every single day, <laughs> because we need to repeat these messages until we get them. We, we, we are not regenerated human beings. If we were, we'd be bodhisattvas and we'd be all helping other people. And we, we would be outside of ourselves a bit because when you totally give yourself to living from the Lord, everything here is clearly heart-centered. And then you're seeking and you're finding great illumination. And then you are acting on that and op getting doors open for you for wonderful experiences of community and feeling wonderfully regenerated. And then someone pushes your buttons and then you're right back to the beginning again. Anybody here got buttons? Yeah. And that's a place to look. So that's the, the real lesson of all this is to continue this cycle in every area of your life where you feel discontent, when you feel spiritually challenged, when you feel like, hey, I'm a lot more important than, than, than you, or you can't say that to me. I mean, there's ways that we talk to ourselves, not even just to other people, but we talk to ourselves and we give ourselves a hard time and we need to lay off. We need to just think about being from the Lord, in the Lord, as, as Kent's beautiful designs of the, the, the uh, yin-yang symbol and also the trees, the way the Lord was incorporated into that person's insides was so beautiful. I mean, and he, even, the, even the green that Patty's aspiring to, <clears throat> which would be a total blending, which I think is very optimistic. But we want to find ways to have our insides be the Lord working through us. And has anybody had that feeling that you're somewhere and the words that come out of your mouth, you don't even know where they came from. You know, the person you're with, you're like, how did I get here? The Lord is guiding us all along. He wants us to ask. He wants us to seek. He wants us to knock because this is how we grow. And I want to close there and open for questions. And Dave has agreed to go around for, with the microphone. Yeah. Yep, just push on the button until it turns green. 
All right. So, yeah. Uh, thank you. Is it on? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Susanna. That was a really edifying and beautiful lecture. And one of the first things you asked is to close our eyes and to try to uh, visualize or imagine what that would feel like. And uh, ease, just flow mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. was what it is. And of course, that's a place uh, we all want to be where mm. things just flow naturally. Yeah. So, uh, but I love, you know, ask, seek, knock, how you, you know, showed how it's the three steps mm -hmm. and the three levels. And I and never had thought about that at all before. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Susanna. As you were doing that, I was thinking about the fact I do have to be, um, seeking and knocking at doors. Mm -hmm. But I love that picture that was driven or uh, made by an artist. I think his name was Geffert or something like that, of the Lord standing outside of a door knocking. Mm -hmm. There's no knob on the outside. There's the knob on the inside. So I want to be perceptive and be the guy that hears the Lord knocking on the part of my Right. Uh, and, and open it and invite them in. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I, I just, I like that part, but I also wanted to put, mm -hmm. you know, we've got this thing about hearing the knock and opening the door and invite the Lord in. Right. Thank you. Behind you. So I, I've been thinking a, a little bit about um, being a designer and a good designer. And one of the fundamental things is it's an iterative process. You try something, you reflect and evaluate it, and you try it again, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it also, really good designer, really good painting, or really good art does is not preconceived. It is a feeling. It is a need that someone has. It doesn't have form yet, it's pre-formed. The best work has no form yet. It requires you to take the risk to start, to create something that's visual enough to then react to it mm -hmm. and say, I'm gonna start again. So I'm just thinking about this. All of this right. is asking the right question, right? Mm -hmm. um, taking the risk to seek, mm -hmm. to tr trying it. And then um, I don't know where knocking on the door is, but having developing the ability to have a reflective enough time mm -hmm. to try to do it again. Yeah. And I think that's a kind of just a thought I was having. And, and as I said, this is a trial and error pe period, but yeah. it's also seeking and what we find may lead us back to asking again yeah, before a, we even find the door you, you you may get to the end and think you have something and five years later you say uh-uh mm -hmm. no I there's yeah. another way of doing this yeah. whole thing so it, it, it is a circle it's a circle but you can enter the circle from the ask mm -hmm. or the seek mm -hmm. or the beginning of reflective mm -hmm. like getting close to the knock right but it starts it over again. Yeah. So I think it's, it's not, a cycle. It, yeah. there's no straight line. Yeah. This, this also could be known as the period where you kiss a lot of frogs. Because sometimes you find what you like by what you don't like. 
You have to, oh, yeah. you, find, you find in the, in the work or in, in our, our thinking, what doesn't work for us. And sometimes that helps direct us to what does work for us. Yeah. We need to, to, this is life's experience. This is, you know, most of our lives yeah, are spent my, in seeking. All my years of teaching, a, a mistake is fantastic because the student can understand mm -hmm. the risk the quickly. Yes. A student that's doing almost good work, it's terrible to talk about that work mm -hmm. because it's nuanced. What is not, what could be better is something they have to discover. And it's a slower process for them to reach the next level. So mm -hmm. mistakes are great because <laughs> they get you back to asking yes. the question again quicker. <laughs> it's, great. It's, yeah. it's a shortcut. Yeah. If you can reflect enough to realize it's a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've talked too much. Tell me who's next. Oh, um, Guard and then Dean and then Lois. Yeah. Okay, I, I just I wanted to follow up what I, well, first of all, thank you, uh, Susanna. It was a very lovely talk. I've got a lot to think about. And I wanted just to follow up on what I heard Colgate say, because my ears perked up when I heard uh, a person who really knows design to speak about the design process, which he just did. And uh, it occurs to me to add or, or to support that in the Swedenborgian tradition, historically perhaps, but uh, we have individuals in culture. I'll name Frank Lloyd Wright as an example. Now, I, I, don't, I can't say that I know this is true. This is what I think is true. Uh, someone like Frank Lloyd Wright would be known as a person who has mastered design. Mm -hmm. a real artist, a, a, someone who's accomplished something. And I think of Colgate in the same way. The reason I'm saying this is because underneath the ability to do what Colgate just said, and what perhaps a person like a, a Frank Lloyd Wright accomplished was a, a deep value, a, a deep interior connection with, a, in, in Frank Lloyd Wright's case, with nature. His design was transparent to nature and the earth. So, uh, and I think what I would, if Colgate were to say more about what he, he does, he, he would say there's a deep interior connection mm -hmm. with the earth and the ground and the landscape with which in his case, he would be working. Mm -hmm. And that's a very deep form of asking and knowing and uh, action. Okay. okay, just wanted to highlight Swedenborgianism's mm -hmm. connection with mm -hmm. aesthetics and yes. truth. Thank you. Um, Dave, uh, Dean, Lois, and then Carol. And I wanna add one thing on the board. I forgot a most important part. Ask and it will be given. We got to remember the Lord is waiting to give us what is going to be good for us. We seek and we shall find. And then we knock and the door is open. So we've got to remember that that's the, the stage is it's given. So then we can seek and then we find and then we can knock and then the door's open. So I just forgot those last three words. Okay, go ahead. 
Um, I want to get to the negative side of this for just a second. But the asking, um, if you're if you have a heart and, you, and we lead with our hearts, our hearts are first mm -hmm. and then we think. That's mm -hmm. the way I see it. So if my heart and I'm saying something to someone, how many times have I woken up in the night and said, "Gee, why did I say that stupid thing to that person?" Or why did I say that mean thing? Uh, this repenting, this going over it and repeating it is very, you're right, we get caught up in it forever. Mm, you get caught up in a lather. <laughs> and then the other part of this, you keep saying open, 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 open. Like if you're open, you, you don't have control. And so a lot of people just aren't going to get out of their safety zone mm -hmm. because if you ask you're putting your you're putting what the, you're, if you're asking with the lord from the lord aren't you like you know you're taking a big chance well let's let's take this from the negative for a minute from we're not talking from the lord now we're going to talk from our ego self we're going to ask but we're not asking from the lord so it's not going to be given we're going to go take it and then we're going to seek but we're seeking for ourselves. So we're not going to find it. We're going to stumble around. And then we're going to knock on all kinds of doors that will be closed to us because we are not doing it from the Lord. We're going to find, we might be able to take what we want and um, be lost, but still stumble around in life. But we are not going to find open doors. We're going to find closed doors that we're probably going to break down because we're so full of ourselves. We think that's where we should be. I'm coming in, bang, knock the door over. So there's a way, as Ken said, that it brought a sense of ease to think of when we act and, and think and feel from the Lord. That ease is not there when we're thinking from our ego. We are struggling to find what we want. We are struggling and we are not asking for any help. We are taking what we want from others. We are not seeking help from the Lord. We're just blundering around and then we are knocking doors down. So, Use the microphone near your mouth, that's please. That's the case. If, they, if that's the case, we're just doing for ourselves. I lost my phone. Okay, um, Lois and then Carol in the back. Um, I was, I was going to try to make one, but I just want to talk about design. And uh, one of the designs that the reading, the writings has given me is the design of spirals, mm -hmm. the spirals that go mm -hmm. up. So somebody said you love first, that was you. You love first and then you learn how to put it forth, that's mm -hmm. the truth, and then you put it to use. And guess where you're going? You're going up, hopefully. And then you love what is right, so you're repeating. As you say, mm -hmm. you keep go back and repeating. And then you're loving, and you're finding the wisdom to do it, mm -hmm. and then you're putting it to use. And this spiral is a beautiful design picture yes. that the writings give of how we do this over and over again. Yes. And, and we just hope our spirals are going up and not. And, and the other thing about the spiral in this is as we are growing, the spiral starts small, but it gets bigger and bigger because we, be, we open our minds, we open our hearts, we can see more, we can feel more. And then with that open, open spiral, think of God flowing right in. That's right. God is flowing I, into that I think that that's whole beautiful as, as somebody who loves um, design mm -hmm. and things like that. 
I found that a very, very useful thing mm -hmm. about how it all works. And everybody wants to say, which came, my mom used to say, people always want to know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Well, you know what? It, it's a repeat thing. It's mm -hmm. love, wisdom, and use, love, wisdom, right. and use, love, wisdom. And Absolutely. Thank you, Lois. The egg came first. Okay. <laughs> um, Carol had her hand up in the back. And then Sage. So I wanted to speak to the design part because I loved what Colgate said about that the work is that the image or the work or whatever it is is already there. And it took me years to figure that out. And I am a person that goes at things head on. I go from the natural. I have to make this work. I have to make that work. I'll fight and I'll fight. And I, I don't know when it was, but there, there came a time when I, when I just sort of surrendered and I was just like, God, I, I don't know where to go with this. And the, the, it began to come to me. And over the years, what's happened is that I actually have a practice where I invite him in before I start dying or before I start drawing or stitching or whatever it is. And I have discovered that he has already created that work somewhere. And that I just seem to be the, the vessel that mm -hmm. brings it into the world so others can enjoy it. And that I, I just call it the feeling. Something mm -hmm. happens when I know it's right. And sometimes it doesn't come. I'm working on a 15 foot pipe piece now and it didn't come until two years. It took me two years to get there. So I, it, there's a surrender in there that happens mm -hmm. when the design meets the love and the use. And I think it's because I have to take my ego out of it. I'm not yes. doing it. And if I can get myself out of the way, mm -hmm. then the work can come. So perhaps that's a metaphor for getting myself out of the way for living in love, the love of the Lord. I don't know. And actually, Carol, that brings up a really important point. Um, okay, we talked about asking, how easy is it to ask the Lord to guide you to change your heart? It's not always easy. We are living in a material world. We ourselves, and we want things. And it's really hard to discern, is this from the Lord or is it from my ego? And it's also, it's hard to seek. You have to do some work there. You have to really ask the Lord to guide you. And, um, you know, I think that we'll talk more about prayer, I'm sure at some point, but that seeking is not easy because it requires surrender, as Carol's saying. Asking requires surrender. Seeking requires surrender. I don't know the right way to go. How often do we let ourselves feel that and let the Lord come in to guide us? And also the knocking takes a lot of courage. You might have found the right door for you and you see, oh, it's this six-year educational program. Am I ready for this? It's not easy to knock on that door. So um, we have Sage and then Colgate. Dave, can you bring the microphone to Sage? Thank you. Well, listening to my father talking about doing it wrong, which is, I think, really important to remember that we don't usually do this right. And I think the mistakes, um, the power of a mistake that Colgate pointed out is just so vital that it's it's a wash, rinse, repeat in a 
sometimes doing it all for the Lord and sometimes doing it all for ourselves and mm -hmm. many variations in between. Um, so it, it's, it's the humility, which I will be talking about tomorrow to, um, to be able to admit those mistakes and learn from them and then mm -hmm. ask again. Um, it's definitely not, I don't think a linear or even a always in one direction process. Right. And, and so important to remember too, when we talked about from the Lord, one of the things we didn't write down was forgiveness that the Lord is forgiveness. When we ask and we then are asking from our ego when we do something wrong, the Lord forgives us. He's just waiting for us to go through this process, continually forgiving and continually waiting at the door for us to knock. Um, Colgate. So uh, Carol brought up, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with I don't think there's anything wrong with Carol's earlier process. Mm -hmm. She just seeked right mm -hmm. away. Okay. Mm -hmm. She didn't have the question right. She just went right into something, right? And maybe the work today is she's sort of asking a question, she's seeking, and she's going back and forth. But the thing that I'm thinking about is you can start, you can start at seek, right? You don't have to start at ask. You have to have a kind of question answered or formed in order to knock at the door. So. I would beg so, to differ in that why would you ask about something unless, or why would you seek something unless you cared about it? Well, a lot of times you're not, you, it, uh, it's unconscious. Mm -hmm, right. What is, Absolutely. so one's work or one's moving in a direction may be instinctively or unconscious mm -hmm. and it's when you start to think why did i do this <laughs> that you're starting to ask a better question about right. it so i again you can start yeah. i think the most important thing is to start something but to stop at a certain point and say why am i doing this mm -hmm. and that's a question which is asking yes he's yeah. asking um nancy and then kent and then lee So these um, conversations about ask, seek, knock remind me of the research process. So sometimes students come to me with their ask. So they have their thesis statement or their research question. And then we do some research and we find that we need to maybe change things. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should start at seek and then we can change our research question. Mm -hmm. And then we can knock at the right database. <laughs> <laughs> That's the 21st century version of this. <laughs> I'm Kent and Lee. Thank you, David. Uh, two things also that I uh, really liked about this was when you read from TCR about ask from the Lord, mm -hmm. um, I may have been a little spaced out. I'm not sure, but I heard it as asking for things from the Lord, oh, okay. like you would from dad or mom or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, spiritually spaced out also, you know, God is the vending machine uh, mm -hmm. when really, I really love this vision of what asking from the Lord mm -hmm. means. And also the, the inclusion of self and other is equal in it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great, a great way of looking at it because then it helps with the, the understanding of our our connection mm -hmm. as really you know one fabric of humanity. Mm -hmm. 
which actually reduces the self more than, oh, I want to serve everybody, you know. Right, right. We want to keep the self in. And I do want to share with you that I had another passage from Swedenborg, um, had basically the same teaching, but maybe these words will, will um, resonate a little differently. Um, Sacred Scripture 51, in the absence of a body of teaching, people would believe that everyone's request is granted. But a body of teaching yields the belief that we are given whatever we ask, if we ask it not on our own behalf, but on the Lord's. And that is, in fact, what the Lord tells us. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. So those two pass, they had a similar um, meaning. So I just read one, but that, that's a little bit more clear that you do it on the Lord's behalf. So not on your own. Um, Lee had a question or a comment? Oh yeah, Thanks. okay, go. This is, I'm going back and I don't remember where my mind, like where this popped up, who was saying what when this popped up. But there were many times I ask, I seek a thousand times during the day. Mm -hmm. However, for someone who does not feel, and I work with many women who, well, mostly women, we do not feel worthy enough to knock. So we go back to ask a different question. Mm -hmm. And then we start seeking for what we can find that we feel worthy of. And it, and it so for many, many, well, for most of my life, I never, I got to the door, other than my husband, probably, I never knocked. Um, actually, he knocked on my door. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> knock on his. But um, so, yeah, so it took me a long time to realize that I, I the, the door was already open for me. And so that, I, I think we sometimes get hung mm -hmm. up on that. It's like we don't open the door. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Are we at time? We are at time. Uh, we are going to have our lecture uh, discussion group at 11. So please come back here and Kent and I will review our lectures and we'll all discuss what we heard today. So thank you for your kind attention. <laughs>